You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Mucho Big Show. Big Show Hour 4 rolling on here. Patrick Dumas, Alex Brodley, Bro- Brodley, Alex Brody, John Khalil, intern for the week. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, coming off of an amazing weekend sweep of the uh, the we- McE- McEwen University Griffins. The UFC Dinos are going to enter the postseason this, uh, this coming spring, or I guess in a couple weeks here, as the number one ranked team in the nation. First Canada West regular season title since 1997. So happy to be joined by the captain and defenseman of the Calgary Dinos men's na- hockey program, Noah King. How are we doing today, Noah? Not too bad. How about yourself? Oh, doing all right. Doing all right. Can't complain. Uh, first, I had you. Did you want to get much of the Super Bowl in? Did you like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We watched uh, a bit as a team, so it was good. That's yeah. good. 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 Well, it was good to have a good uh, camaraderie there. Of course, you're watching the Super Bowl for sure. Want to get into this one here? Twenty-five and three on the year. Twenty-three wins in a row as you enter the playoffs. Speak to just how crazy of a season it's been up to this point. I know, obviously, there's a, there's a ton of unfinished business left to go, but obviously, just an amazing regular season. Yeah, I know, and uh, we started kind of 500 off the first yeah. few weekends, and uh, I don't know, just kind of sat down and had a conversation, and then just kind of went one game at a time, and it ended up just everyone buying in and everyone doing a role, and yeah, it's been kind of. Uh, Great season so far, for sure. Um, just every game, just, uh, yeah, playing to the full effect, for sure. Uh, the, the preseason, maybe a lot of people didn't have uh, have a lot of faith in the group. Uh, voted to finish fifth out of ninth amongst Canada West. I get, you know, it's always not, you, you don't want to, maybe it's not, you're not thinking about that in the room, whatever, you're just going to play your game. But was there maybe a little bit of more motivation that, hey, they're not, they're not seeing what we're seeing and we want to go prove things wrong? Uh, yeah, I think a little bit for sure. Uh, I think a lot of guys stepped up and played uh, and just had a huge uh, year in development. Um, even from the start of the year to the end, uh, guys took huge strides in their game. So I think uh, <clears throat> that was a little bit of our, uh, uh, I mean, seeing that everyone kind of got pissed off and mm-hmm. yeah, everyone developed in their game and everyone stepped up for us. So I think, yeah, that was a huge edge. For sure. Uh, Riley Stotts, you know, we know him a lot from playing with the Calgary Hitmen here in this city. What has he, he's leading scorer on the team. How's he been uh, in his uh, first year go around here with the UFC Dinos? Uh, really good. I mean, yeah, top scorer. His uh, creativity with the puck is insane. Uh, the guy has crazy vision and great skater. Uh, but yeah, just uses his vision and uh, he's had a great year and uh, hopefully he can continue it on into playoffs. Sorry, it was second year. Sorry, he played there 14 games last year. But it's obviously cool to see another Winnipeg guy on the team as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. we uh, Manitoba guys got to stick together. Yeah, we were good friends in Winnipeg uh, before. And then uh, actually we live together now too. So. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Coach, uh, Coach Mark Howell is in his 15th season as, as Dino's head coach. Now, that's a long time in any profession let alone a head coach of a of a hockey team. Talk about maybe some of the good qualities that he has brought to this group. I know it's only your second year on the program as well, but you know, like there's a lot of lot of moving parts in in, in any in like similar to junior as you see in college. There's a lot of players in and out. So maybe some of the good qualities that Mark Howell has been able to bring to this uh, to this group. Yeah, I think uh, he's definitely uh, got the most out of us, um, pushing us to be kind of at our peak uh, kind of performance. Um, we play kind of a fast game and mm-hmm. check really hard. And, 
yeah, so I think he puts us in uh, a spot that we can be successful every day. So, yeah, uh, that's all you can ask from a coach for sure. Uh, the rivalry with uh, in the city here, like not it is youth sport. You know, it's like the cities here in in Canada. Like a lot of them just have one university, but here in in Calgary, we're lucky to have two programs that are that compete in the same conference. Talk about that rivalry with the Cougars. Uh, it's becoming you know one of the best rivalries in the city and in all of Canada West. How awesome was that Crow Child Classic? It was your first at the Dome with that amount of people. Yeah, it was uh, unreal. Um, just having that rivalry uh, in the city and both of us being kind of <clears throat> better teams in the league as well this year. Uh, the coach out came down to kind of could be for first place for either of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was crazy. It was just a great atmosphere with both schools kind of having fans representing them. And the fans were unbelievable and just a yeah, crazy experience that I'll probably remember forever. We're talking with uh, Noah King, captain uh, of the Calgary Dinos men's hockey team. Uh, no, on, on back on January second, uh, the hockey can't stop tour. Uh, you guys played the Ukraine uh, under twenty five team, and obviously with what's all been going on in Ukraine, and just to see the hockey community how they embraced, you know, guys that you know they play the same sport. They're you know you're not just you're very similar in that uh, in that aspect as well. But how awesome was it was that night and and playing alongside those U twenty five Ukrainian players. Yeah, it was uh, awesome. I mean, just seeing the uh, hockey community kind of come together and uh, for one cause, just a great cause for uh, these guys, just just the ultimate passion for the game to come and play and raise money for their country. Um, going through some stuff, obviously, right now. Um, but, yeah, no, it was awesome to see. And it was just a great experience as well. And just to be able to be a part of that uh, kind of uh, – uh, yeah, process was just awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you and Coach Howell, did, the, you guys won, won some hardware uh, earlier in January as well. You guys won gold for Canada at the at the University World Games back in January. How was your experience there? How was the tournament? And obviously, you playing in Lake Placid, a lot of history on that ice at the at the Herb Rooks Arena. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that was my first time in Lake Placid, and seeing that uh, arena was crazy. I mean, you watched uh, Miracle, Miracle yeah. movie yeah. Yeah, so many times as a kid uh, growing up in hockey. So, I mean, it was just crazy to be there. And then, uh, <clears throat> yep, representing Team Canada was unbelievable. Putting that uh, kind of leaf on the maple leaf on the for the first time was just a great experience. And then uh, seeing just the top talent from across the country, it was really cool uh, to see. And I was honored to be a part of it, for sure. Now I see that being the university games is going to take players from from U Sport, and I think that's where people kind of they forget about U Sport as a, as a developmental league. Obviously, it's a, it's a tougher road. We we get that it's a tougher road to get from U Sport to to a professional league, and maybe even so the NHL. But where I I've seen it from afar and across this this country, how have you seen it as U Sport as a developmental league going forward? Yeah, I think it's definitely uh, progressing and maybe uh, getting some more eyes on it um, nowadays. And there's some really good talent uh, coming through the system um, through U Sport, and it's a really good option now, uh, especially getting a degree uh, as well as playing in a top talent kind of league. I think uh, it'll take huge strides going forward as well, and we might even see it as a maybe a better route, but uh, than it is right now, and just get more eyes on it. So.
That, yeah, that's that's awesome to see. Like I, I, you see it all the time. Like Joel Ward. I mean, just like Luke Philp playing with Chicago with the, with, you know, with the Alberta with the University of Alberta Golden Bears. It's it's great to see across. Like, now what, what are your plans? Obviously, like you're you're still obviously as a student and what all like as well. But what are, you, are your plans for hockey? Do you, is this this it, or do you still see yourselves maybe like, hey, I want to maybe maybe go to Europe, maybe try because you did play some time in the AHL as well. Yeah, uh, I'm just kind of, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. Just kind of <laughs> trying to uh, get some, get a degree. And yeah. uh, I obviously still love the game. So I'm like, if a good option pops up, uh, then yeah, I would be happy to take it. I'm happy to go over to Europe if there's a good opportunity over there. Um, but right now I'm enjoying my time and I think it's a good developmental league mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and I'll get my degree at the same time. So I uh, can't be uh, mad about that. No, exactly. You get yourself an education as well as playing a sport you love. Yeah, that's pretty awesome to see. Now, most uh, the most regular season wins in, in program history. How, you know, have any of the the former alumni reached out with uh, you know words of uh, encouragement and congratulations from the, from the, some of the older guys that played uh, at UFC? Uh, I think we we have a third assist club that's uh, kind of run by some yeah. of our alumni, and they're uh, huge uh, contributors to to us and our program and. Uh, I think they've uh, been kind of watching and reaching out and yeah, just, uh, I don't know, just, yeah, uh, congratulating us on the great season. But uh, I think everyone in the program kind of has eyes on uh, the postseason now mm-hmm. uh, and uh, what we need to accomplish that because regular season is records and that is all cool and stuff like that. But uh, it comes down to the postseason for sure. Are you guys? Are you you're gonna enjoy the bye week? You're gonna enjoy the rest to heal up some any bumps and bruises. Watch some tape. Just get some some uh, some word on your your next opponent. Or would you like to? Hey, we want to kind of still be playing. Keep this keep this thing going. Uh, I think you want to keep your momentum, mm-hmm. but uh, a week off just to yeah rest up and work on things and um, stuff like that, and uh, is good. And I think we've we've had bye weeks over the years, and we've come back. Uh, strong. So just one one week, weekend here is not going to do us any harm. So. Noah, thank you very much for this chat. Uh, all the best uh, for you guys uh, for the rest of this season. Uh, you guys are a wagon. Cannot, uh, this is one of the best unsung stories here in the city. I can't wait to, to see how you guys go and uh, go win this thing a national championship, eh? Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Thank you very much. Uh, that's Noah King, Calgary Dinos captain and defenseman. Uh, join us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline uh, using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Yeah, the team, uh, they wrapped up their regular season this past uh, past weekend against uh, Grant McEwen out of Edmonton uh, with a dominant weekend performance, 25-3 and on the year. They've got a bye week through to the quarterfinals where they will then host a best-of-three semifinal uh, down at the Father David Bauer Arena uh, from February 23rd to 25th. If they win that series, they will uh, go on to host the final, which would run March 3rd to 5th. You can find tickets uh, over at uh, godinos.com slash buy tickets. want to thank uh, Lance over uh, the manager of communications for the University of Calgary Dinos and our, our good friend, old pal Riley Pollock, for setting that one up. We're going to look to connect up with their head coach, Mark Howell, next week ahead of their uh, quarterfinal matchup. Uh, tonight, want to remind people as well, it's the Rogers uh, Monday night Rogers hometown. I always like them confused. They don't have hometown hockey anymore. 
They do not have hometown hockey. It's Rogers Monday night viewing party. Uh, it goes today, 4.30 to 8.30 at the Seven Chiefs Sportsplex, Sportsplex and Jim Starlight Center. VIP guests include Flames alumni uh, and Hitman assistant coach Matt Stage. And I believe Mason Raymond will also be there as well. And, uh, and then the Rogers hologram featuring Q&A with uh, NHL and Sportsnet host Carolyn Cameron and former NHLer and Sportsnet analyst uh, Stu Monroe, Anthony Stewart. Uh, fans are invited to take part in a skate uh, on the ice we'll broadcast, where the broadcast is taking place. Again, that goes down at the Seven Chiefs, 4.30 to 8.30. It's free. Get out. You just got to get some tickets. It is free, but just go there. Yeah, watch that. Flames Senators tonight. We'll be on the air at 4 o'clock uh, with Flames warm-up, 5 o'clock for uh, puck drop between the Flames and the Senators, and uh, you know we see that you see it a lot. The Ottawa Senators. We're going to be talking with Murray Pam here in a in a, in a moment. Uh, coming up, uh, talk a lot of Senators. What's going on there? Anton Forsberg with his uh, his catastrophic knee injuries. I can't I, I can't fathom having both your MCLs go on the same play in the same like like it makes no sense. Like I, I it's, it's crazy. But they're down to Mads uh, Solgard and uh, as their as their starters. We'll see what happens tonight. But the Senators in their last twelve against the Flames are 8 and 4. Uh you could probably point to the the, the Canadian division. Uh the Senators' dominance over the Flames that year led to Jeff Ward being fired. Uh maybe the main reason why the Flames missed the playoffs that year during that that Canadian division as well. Uh but uh, yes, we'll talk with Murray Pam, uh Senators writer from for Full Press Hockey coming up in a matter of moments. Uh stick with us. Uh want to uh, we'll stick with it here. Hour for the big show rolling on. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. I want to thank Noah King, Calgary Dinos captain and defenseman, uh, joining us last uh, last segment as the UFC Dinos get ready uh, for their postseason and as they try to go win a, a national title for the Dinos. Uh, tonight, the Calgary Flames are in action uh, it's a four, 5 o'clock start right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan game is also a part of Rogers Monday Night Hockey. And we go back down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, and we are joined by Senators writer from Full Press Hockey, Murray Pam. How are we, uh, how are we doing on this, uh, on this Monday, Murray? It is oh, Monday. Great. It is Monday. <laughs> the sun's shining. Looks like a, it's actually a beautiful day in Ottawa. So, oh, that's good uh, Looking forward to the game this evening. And we got a little cloud, but it, it is not cold. So that is, that is the, I will take that. And yes. Uh, it's on, yeah, we're on the plus side. Today, no, that's too. good. <laughs> we we want to see positive weather in the winter for sure. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So we'll, we'll talk to you about the Senators here, but I wanted to get your thoughts uh, quickly on, on the Super Bowl last night if you watched it. How'd you like the halftime show? A controversial finish at the end. I don't know if you're betting on it or at all. You know what? I actually just we just did the squares yesterday. Oh, okay, yeah, we love the pools. Within, yeah, I, yeah. We love the pools. The winning the final score, I guess it was an eight and a five, and I had an eight and a six. So, ah. hey, happens. Uh, great football game, obviously. Uh, I love the halftime show. Actually, Rihanna put on put on a great show. Oh yeah, and the, the lofty heights, the heights that the. All the dancers and she was up uh, at that was that was incredible. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I was like, please, please nobody <laughs> I fall. I can't believe they did that. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I know. Like, I can't believe they did that. And then, the and game itself. I, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was just gonna say like, the, and and around is she's got to pay for all that. Like that comes out of her own her, her own uh, yeah. pocket, which is crazy. Incredible, incredible. I guess she's selling a lot of co- cosmetics. And, oh yeah, uh, you see, she's like doing that. all right. Yeah, <laughs> she's doing all right. But yeah, she's doing okay. The game, the game itself, I thought it was a great game, actually. And I don't think the end, I don't think it's 
that much controversial, I guess, in, mm-hmm. in my eye. I know there was, there was a hold off the line, and in my opinion is, yeah, more time would be run off the clock, but would he have not kicked the field goal anyway? I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, it's a maybe, but... Yeah, like, I, you'd have to really go watch like how the time management was, but yeah, it's exactly it, it's you, you don't want a, a play to be called. I don't, I don't know. I get it; it's a hold, but whatever. Yeah. I digress. It's it's done. It's over with. Chiefs are champs. Uh, we'll talk about your Senators here. Uh, yeah, that was a tough tough scene there on Saturday with Anton Forsberg. Oh my god, that uh, was actually right in front of me. Oh, I was reading uh, something like like his kids were there, his wife was there. Yeah, like uh, this yeah. is such bad luck. I heard you, you get tearing an ACL, PCL, MCL on one knee, but you tear the right. MCL in both your knees. Incredible, <laughs> incredible. I've never, obviously, we've never heard of that. We don't recall when it's ever happened to to an athlete at all. Um, I could see that in like an, an accident, a car accident yeah. or something. But obviously, on the ice, I guess that it happened. Obviously, and um, there is uh, basically, obviously. I guess Hyman was in the crease. He got nudged a bit from Hamannick, and obviously uh, Forsberg's leg was planted. Mm-hmm. And you know that's never a good thing. No. And obviously the one knee, we obviously we knew right away. We had he had one like major leg injury, of course, when the stretcher was coming out, and you know the chaos on the ice. But to find out afterwards, you know the next day that both knees, you know, he had two MCL injuries. That was that was unfathomable. And there is a I guess a shining light, if you can call it. Um, uh, from this morning's uh, morning skate, DJ Smith had said the injuries will not require surgery. Oh, good. And that he should be back to health within two to three months. Wow. Which well, that... is amazing news. Yeah, because like, I was wondering, like, like if, if it yeah. was torn and it needed surgery, like, how do you rehab? I get one league. Like, how do you rehab both? Yeah. Because I, I, I kind of find it hard to believe that both would heal at the same time, but I don't know. It's yeah, something know. fascinating, but yeah, it's good to I hear. I don't that. know how you do that. <laughs> I don't know. But it was, yeah, if there's a silver lining, I mean, yeah, it's awful and it is awful, but to, to know that there's a, you know, the recovery period isn't as long and he'll be able to, you know, he'll be able to work out in the summer in the off season and whatnot. So, you know, right away you think, Oh my God, this is going to go into like, you know, a few months, like into the summer and, be a tough time for him, but mm-hmm. fortunately, um, I don't know if you know anything about Anton Forsberg, but he's uh, he loves to work out, he loves to ride the bike, he loves to run. So these are things that obviously in a couple months or so he'll be able to start maybe getting into this. He even went in on uh, I believe on Christmas Day to go ride the bike. <laughs> Guys, apparently that's true, what I heard. Anyway, true definition of a gym rat for sure. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, hopefully he recovers well. I'm sure. I'm sure he will, but it'll take some time. But also Jake Sanderson got yeah. hurt on Saturday night, which was that's a tough blow for the for the team. Um, he's going to be gone for they said of ten days to two weeks. Uh, for the shoulder injury, got hit uh, into the bench by uh, Vincent Darnay, which. He's a big boy. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was a hard, it was a clean hit, but it was, you know, it's tough. And then obviously losing a defenseman of that magnitude, even though he's 20 years old is, is, is a tough one. Cause he's had a great rookie season. Yeah. And I like, I, I was going to we'll go, let's go go here now, I guess. Like I, sure. I think DJ Smith, man, with what's gone on with him, with, with this team this year, uh, with mm-hmm. the injuries, uh, he has an assistant coach, Bob Jones diagnosed with ALS, uh, the the issues down in Belleville with Troy Mann as well. Uh, obviously, expectations like uh, on the outside. I'm not in Ottawa. I don't know the the team all all that well, but I do know 
uh, I thought they were going to be, you know, I thought they could be a bubble team, a playoff team, you know, kind of where Buffalo is right now. Were the expectations quickly tempered and, and, and quickly, and, you know, bring injury, you trade for Debrinkit. Is it is it all on DJ Smith, or is it just like this is a bad bad season for him, just bad luck? Um, there's a there's a few I guess elements to this. Um, it's not all on, on coaching for sure. Um, bringing in Drew and Debrinkat, everyone thought, and 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 I did too. Everyone thought the same thing. Yeah, they're going to be better than last season. Um, not a problem there. That wouldn't be you know a great stretch. But yeah, I don't know if they'll be close to the bubble team. But yeah, they, I think I thought they'd be close to Buffalo or in that range, you know, finishing the season, maybe, you know, eight to 10 points out of, out of, out of a playoff spot, which, which really was where they are right now, considering uh, all the injuries they've had and, you know, the lack of, we'll get to that maybe after lack of scoring on five on five, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're, they're doing what they can uh, with, with a limited lineup because obviously they lost Josh Norris five games in comes back and plays three games yep. and he's, he's gone for the season. Um, so you lost your number one center and you, you had to elevate Shane Pinto into that role. Who's, you know, he's technically still a rookie yeah. and he's playing ab- above. So again, so you didn't have the depth there up the middle. Mm-hmm. So they went a lot of games, you know, without, you know, you're playing, you know, your fourth line, you know, guys or whatever on the third line. So right away, you know, it trickles downwards. Right. And then the other thing, though, was, was, was a bit disappointing, but I think when they made the deal for Dabrinkat, I think what they did is they had to make a decision to either go get another, you know, a top six forward or, or a defenseman at the time because they had the, the draft collateral to mm-hmm. do it. And in hindsight, maybe you would have went for the defenseman at yeah. this point because they were, they were still lacking on, on the blue line and they were really looking for a right defenseman to um, – take a larger role and maybe, you know, they were looking for a second pair, top pair, right defenseman, which they still haven't had. And then, and it's not just them. I think, you know, there's, you can name 20 teams in the NHL looking for, you know, you know, a top four D mm-hmm. to, to round out their lineup. So they weren't able to round out their whole lineup per se. So they still went in with a, you know, with a bit of a hole. They thought their goaltending would be probably better than it has been uh, bringing in Cam Talbot to play with Forsberg. Talbot was injured at, Right at the end of camp, he, he fractured, uh, I think, a, one, a couple of ribs. So that delayed him. He came, when he entered the lineup, he was, he was strong for a bit. You know, he's, he's been up and down, to be honest, as has Forsberg uh, this season. But they're two veteran goaltenders, so they're banking on the veteran goaltenders, you know, making up for some of the, you know, the lack, I guess, at, at the blue line, the inexperience on the blue line. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Now, we with with the Brinkett, uh, obviously, yeah. like he's a, like, is this a, is this a player that Ottawa still like? Obviously, you bring him in with the with the idea you want to extend this guy. But is there a, maybe a thing is like, is, is he a possible that they could move him at the deadline if something comes across uh, Pierre Dorian's desk that he can't turn down, or is this still a player that they want to see long term grow grow with uh, with Stutzla and the rest of the young uh, the young product there? Right. I think the belief is they do want him, but to to keep him. But this is all on. Um, they say it's on Alex Brinkett at this point. It's up to him and his mm-hmm. agents. Um, he's got a. He has to be qualified at nine million dollars next year, which I believe. Well, the centers will qualify no yeah. matter what. Obviously, yeah. they're not going to let him walk. Obviously, but I think the intention is to probably sign him. You know, well, qualify him and then try to sign him 
you know, for a 68-year deal, maybe in the $8 million range, if, if that's acceptable. I think they're going to throw that at him. Maybe they've already thrown that at him now at his agents. I don't know. And to see if he's willing to accept that. But they're, I think they're willing to play it out. But like you said, Pat, if, if there's um, an option on the table that, that the Ottawa Senators can't refuse, mm-hmm. literally, like for a couple first-round picks, et cetera, with, you know, maybe with a defenseman, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you you have to contemplate it at this point. But again, the other thought process is you need to replace an Alex Brinkhead. <laughs> yeah. Right, next season. Even though he's not having the season that they thought he would have mm-hmm. this year, you still have to replace a top six forward who has potential to score 30 to 40 goals every season. Yeah, and that's um, that's not exactly easy to find uh, out in the market there. not easy to find at all. So, it's, so I think... I think they really want him to stay rather than trading him. And then you're going to find another route maybe to, to get a defenseman. Mm-hmm. You might have to trade like a second round pick and a prospect or something and go that way to try to pick up a defenseman. But as far as the Brinkett goes, he's actually having a decent season. Uh, his numbers don't show it. He's only got like 15 goals, but um, sorry, I think it's 17. Goals. Yeah. 17. But he's yeah. Got, yeah. 17. He's got 42 points in 51 games, mm-hmm. which you know, he's going to get still get 70 points. He's still going to get 25 goals, which is a good season for, you know, for a normal player, but mm-hmm. more was expected. But his, uh, his shooting percentage, was, which is the weird thing, the strange thing, he's under 10%. He's normally at 14 15%. He's actually on pace to have more shots on goal, in his, the most shots on goal in his career, actually. Mm-hmm. Which, so is he having a bit of bad, like, you know, you look in the, you, then you look to analytics. Oh, yeah. Right? Is he just having a, you know, bad? Is he just having bad luck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we we see it out here in Calgary shooting. with yeah. with Andrew Mangiapane, a guy who was a thirty five goal guy last right. year, who's uh, really str- riding the struggle bus at points this time. But his shooting percentage is way down. Huberto's shooting percentage is way down. Across the board, it's just it's a team that has a ton of shots, but they're not going in. So I, I totally understand what you're getting with the whole just bad luck yeah. type thing. So yeah, exactly. And the the thing with the centers with the the scoring situation is they have the number two power play in the NHL yeah. right now. And, but five on five, they're the fourth, fourth worst team in the league five on five. So <laughs> it's, it's incredible, right? <laughs> so yeah. they're just not getting scoring throughout the lineup. Again, injuries cause, you know, it was a big part earlier in the season. Now Norris is obviously he's out again, obviously for the rest of the season. So that it, it's it's just a tough it's just a tough go right now uh, for the for the team offensively, but they're actually playing well. Other than that poor start where they were, I think, won six out of the first nineteen games, they're actually, you know, since since the first since uh, early November, they're six games over five hundred as well. Even you know, given the circumstance, mm-hmm. so they've been playing good hockey. It's just that you know they got off to a bad start. They're you know. They're trying, you know, to fit pieces in, but you know, again, they're doing their best. Tonight again, will be, it's, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I just gonna say tonight's gonna. I want to kind of focus on that Ottawa Senator power play. Second in the league. Uh, I mean, still like like five percent behind the Oilers, but you know, who is the Oilers and their power play? Mm-hmm. But you're up there with Tampa. You're up there with Toronto as well. Uh, now the Flames, they're rolling in. They got one of the best PKs uh, since uh, the turn of the turn to twenty twenty three as well. What has made the Senators' power play such an elite group? Like, what what is what are they doing differently? Maybe that, that is seeing them have so much success on the power play and not seeing that success elsewhere. I, I think it's it's more on the rotation. 
and obviously they play one defenseman on each on each power play, mm-hmm. and it's just um, they're they're walking the blue line more. They're, they're holding onto the puck, and um, I think that's really it. They're they're more on the perimeter. They trust themselves they a little more in their own end. Ex- exactly, exactly. That's mainly what it is. Um, you have DeBrincat coming off from the one timer, and then before you had Norris on the other side. But the other issue is now there. Uh, Jake Sanderson was very important to that power play, and he was he was running that the second unit, and at times he was actually on the first unit uh, in place of Thomas Shabbat, and that just shows you the potential for you know for Jake Sanderson. Um, he's just an amazing skater, and he's just very skilled with the puck. And um, unfortunately, you guys won't get to see yeah. him tonight. <laughs> but yeah, he he really helped out on the second unit because normally most teams the second units are not you know obviously you're not they're not known for scoring they'll chip in the odd goal but it's not consistent but the Ottawa Senators are scoring off both units which is which is a really great boon for them and also Claude Drew has really helped with the experience especially on the draws he's having a great season as well he actually has um, he scored 21 goals this season and he scored 21 goals all of last season. And you'd be hard pressed to figure out that Claude Drew has actually only had one thirty goal season in his career. <laughs> That's actually in 15 surprising. seasons. It is surprising. I looked it up at the beginning of the season when he was on a, a bit of a tear and he scored 34 goals, I believe, five, six years ago, and that's the, the only thirty goal season of his career. And he's gonna get thirty goals this season. <laughs> Barring obviously knock on wood and yeah. you know, any any injuries. For sure. We're talking with Murray Pam, Senators writer over at uh, fullpresshockey.com. Uh, away from the ice, I wanted to talk about a few things, uh, maybe down on the farm there. We'll, we'll talk about Belleville. They parted ways mm-hmm. with their coach, Troy Mann, uh, who's been praised through the years for his development of the younger players. And, and it's rare it's to see an AHL coach fired uh, middle of the season. What do we know about that situation? Well, there's a, more that we don't know than what we do know. Let's mm. be honest there. And there's only so much... There's a lot of rumor out there. Obviously, everyone saw the, the tweet by Claire Hanna, yeah. and nobody's been able, unfortunately, to corroborate it. Obviously, Claire, I mean, she's going to, Claire obviously represents TSN, and she's not going to put something out there that, mm-hmm. that you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, but we haven't heard, the team hasn't spoken. We haven't heard anything internally about that. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Troy Mann has not, he's, I think a uh, couple of people have requested interviews with him, and He's still under contract, actually through next season. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't spoken as well. Um, now, what they said was about the cohesiveness, and the, and the team has been losing this season, and last season as well. Um, I mean, there was only how many teams did they play? Like three teams all season. Essentially, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> essentially, but um, yeah, it was a, it was a it was a tough road for them. But um, this season just hasn't gone well. There has been a lot of injuries as well, so he can't be blamed, obviously, for injuries. Mm-hmm. But I, I think what it was, I think maybe it could be lineup choices. There's a, there's a few things, but you can see in the in the statements from uh, Ryan Bonas, assistant uh, GM, and he's also obviously of Ottawa, the GM of, of Belleville, yeah. and Pierre Dorian. You, so obviously, there is some miscommunication there. What that miscommunication is directly, obviously, we're not privy to it. But obviously, some things obviously went down this season that that Ottawa Senators management did not like, mm-hmm. and um, unfortunately, uh, Troy Mann was obviously was was let go. But like you said, um, I, he probably has a you know 
I would assume he has a, a gag order of some kind or something or an agreement because he is under contract and he is a paid employee mm-hmm. um, through next season. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, like I said, there's more really we don't know than, you know, <laughs> what we do. For sure. No, it, 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 so I, I'm assuming it's behind the scenes. It sounds yeah. like it's a, it's turned into a, a bad marriage, you know, a marriage or something that went wrong. Because and it just headed for a divorce more than anything it was claire claire's tweet was more something along that they were giving information to another club like yep. they were giving like nhl like info scouting information like they were giving ottawa centers scouting information to other clubs right i haven't been able to corroborate it myself obviously but mm-hmm. you know i've asked around and nobody you know has said anything but um that's what 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 claire did tweet and unfortunately um, no one else has has spoken up or or uh, tweeted this at this point. Not to say that she didn't hear it. Yeah. Obviously, you know what I'm saying. I'm not never going to discredit uh, a, you know a reporter, for sure. you know such as Claire, who's on who's on the regional broadcast as well. So you know, who does a great job, by the way. No, for sure, for sure. Uh, no, uh, yeah. Obviously, Ottawa's had the the situation with the ownership. Uh, obviously, since uh, since Mel- Eugene Melnick's passing. Uh, the daughters want nothing. Didn't want to to run the team. Uh, so now we're 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 in the waiting period. Uh, what are we looking at for? We obviously know Ryan Reynolds as 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 the, the main face to it, but obviously he needs more money to to buy this club. Where are we at on the ownership? Well, the ownership is uh, well. Gary Batman, first of all, has spoken to Ryan Reynolds, and he's spoken to, I believe, other suitors um, who would like to purchase the Auto Centers. Mm-hmm. And one of his um, credos, I guess, was that. He'd like Ryan Reynolds to be involved in, in yeah. some way, so that's a good thing I think for hockey. Good thing for the Ottawa Senators, and it, you know, it'll offer some, you know, give, give the center some publicity. Obviously, you see what he's doing with his Wrexham yep. team, yep. and you know, and the whole idea is maybe they'll have a Netflix show about the Ottawa Senators, <laughs> that sort of thing. But but it'll bring a certain cachet having a celebrity sure. as part of the as part of the ownership and. Uh, That'd be great. You know, as far as the the other, oh, you know, prospective owners, there's a there's a few interesting names out there. Um, the one, the Anlauer Group, who runs ATS Transport, um, he's he's actually the owner of the Hamilton Bulldogs. Okay, and he owns twenty percent. Michael Anlauer owns twenty percent of the Montreal Canadiens as well. So okay. there was um, there was an I he was definitely one of the people interested. And as well, there was another person, and I, I can't recall his name to be honest right now, off the top of my head. But he was also he's the owner of the Oshawa Generals, and he owned a cement business as well. So I think they were either going to partner up or put their own bids in. And there was a group, a hospitality group in Toronto. Um, there were two brothers who were also uh, interested as well, and they used to own the. They were a minority owner of the Pittsburgh Penguins at one point. And they were bought out by, I guess it was the Boston Red Sox, the Fenway Group, yeah. who bought them out. And they're, I believe they put in a bit as well. And as far as others, I, you know, there's a local group as well, I believe, full of partners. But I'm not sure if they actually have, you know, the money involved. Because from what I'm gathering, from what I've heard, the value keeps going up. <laughs> of course. And right in, in Gary's so, world, that's all he cares about is franchise exactly. value. Exactly. Exactly. At first, it was uh, valued around $650 million. Mm-hmm. Obviously by Forbes, and that was that was what was out there. But now, from what we've heard, it's it could go for at least now minimum eight hundred billion. 
sorry, million. Wow. But also that comes with a building, right? Yeah, so that's, that's something. That's what that's I was. A, that's another key. Yeah. I was going to get into that, like the LeBreton Flats uh, deal. Like, is this something that the, the NHL wants an ownership, bef- uh, an ownership group before next season? Or is it like, well, we don't want to buy the team unless there's plans for a new building? Well, here's, here's, here's what's going on now. It's the National Capital Commission, it's possibly a branch of government, who owns the, who owns the properties called mm-hmm. LeBreton Flats, yeah. which is it's an area between Ottawa and Gatineau Hall on the other side of the river. Yeah. And uh, basically, there's land that they're leasing to the uh, the they, the lease is there. They just need someone to agree to it. They want the National Capital Commission wanted this completed by September. Okay. They wanted everything in place for the infrastructures to know there's going to be a building on that property, and you know, it may, it may take a few more years. Of course, but they yeah. wanted someone to to take hold of that property by September. So I don't know if there is a deadline specific to this. Sounds like there is. And um, right now, I think we'll probably hear something. I'm thinking maybe come playoff time. Okay, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, for sure. got, yeah, there should be something about that about that period because they want to get it done as soon as they yeah. can. Want everything in place. Yeah. And yes, yes. Um, basically, it does come with the with the building. Yeah. Okay. Because I know, like, obviously, it's not the same scenario. Because y- your building's out in Canada, yeah. and it's a trip for a lot of people. There's not, there's no transit to right. there as well. And we're we're kind of doing the same thing with with our getting our new building. But our built new building will be in the same spot as the dome is. So it's not really the whole right. issue of bringing it downtown. But that's good to hear. Hopefully, we get some news here in the in the before the playoffs, and then uh, in fall we got. Uh, we get a we get oh, a for grounds sure. for plans for a new arena in Ottawa because I do know that LeBreton Flats area it is it is a nice uh, nice area along the along the river there right. as well so that would be great right. and they they just bought a they just obviously in the last couple of years they built a transit line as well yeah yeah but yeah the LRT works. there is expanding <laughs> like crazy in Ottawa for it sure it is it is and it'll stop right there obviously um, they've had some issues over the winter but. <laughs> They haven't built it for Canada winter, Canadian winter. No, we'll see how I, it goes. we all got to learn that for sure. Well, thank you very much, Murray. Enjoy, oh, you're welcome. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, all the best uh, the rest of the year. Where can we find your work? At fullpresshockey.com. All right. Find them there. Okay. Murray Pam. Thank you very much, buddy. Thank you, Pat. Take care. There you go. It's Murray Pam. Join us uh, down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline using that same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403 248 Thirty-three forty-four. Uh, what's on the sked tonight? Got Flames warm up with Pat and Lubo coming up at four o'clock. The Steinberg Telethon begins at two o'clock. Game at five. Uh, coming up next on the on the on the station is the Jeff Merrick Show. Kicks uh, every show off with Elliot Freeman, the uh, insider from Hockey Night in Canada, and Thirty-two Thoughts. Max Boltman talk a little Detroit Red Wings for the Athletic, and uh, Mike Rupp, former NHLer from the NHL Network, will join the show. At 11. Uh, I want to thank our guests, uh, Nick Kiprios, Peter Labardius, Carolyn Cameron, Noah King, and of course, Murray Pam. We will uh, talk at you tomorrow. Enjoy the game tonight as the Flames look for uh, for a win as they uh, close out this road trip out east. Uh, again, 5 o'clock start right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Uh, for Alex Brody, for your intern John, I'm Patrick Dema. We'll talk to you tomorrow.